Welcome to the Making Moves with Mal podcast. In every episode, you'll hear stories from individuals just like you that are trying to make an impact. They'll share their unique journey and some helpful tips that got them to where they are now. You'll hear conversations with people from all walks of life who are trying to make some moves. Now, here's your host, Mal. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Making Moves with Mal. Uh, I'm really excited today because my guest here is uh, my good friend Manny, and I wanted to I wanted him to come on so he can share his story of uh, his whole venture into uh, being a financial advisor. And so uh, I know there's obviously so much to, to kind of talk about when it comes to that. But uh, thank you for thank you for making it, bro. Appreciate you being here. Yeah, no, thank you for having me, man. I'm excited. I'm loving the the office, and uh, thank let's you. make it a great podcast, huh? Yeah, let's do it, man. I'm excited. So. Um, I mean, let's let's start kind of where you want to start, bro. Like, I know, you know, uh, you've been doing this now for what? Is it a little over two years or so? Yeah, so a little bit over two years okay. now. Um, kind of got started in a, in a weird situation. Yeah. Uh, I was uh, working in higher education all my life prior to going into financial advising. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I started in 2019 right before the pandemic took place. And so it was kind of hard to be a financial advisor in the very beginning. Um, but everyone has their struggles. Having to meet pandemic. people virtually instead of in person, yeah. right? Yeah, so, it's tough. I yeah. mean, imagine, you know, being on the phone or doing a virtual call and saying, hey, I need your social security number or hey. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I, that's tough. <laughs> transfer funds here. Um, so it's it's a tough it's a tough thing to do. But, you know, really what kind of got me into financial advising was just, you know, kind of growing up poor. Um, you know, I think everyone can resonate um, as far as like entrepreneurs, people that want a better lifestyle. We all come from hard places and we want to yeah. create a different environment for our loved ones, whether our motivation is family, our motivation is generational wealth, you know, whatever right. it may be, uh, we all got to start from somewhere. Yeah, that's true, man. And you make a good point, especially, uh, I would definitely say, especially in like the Latino communities, it's something mm-hmm. that's not, we're not really educated on like how to build wealth, right. how to make your money work for you and things that you can do to take advantage of, of, of those finances. Right. So we're kind of at a little bit of a disadvantage, uh, where, you know, we learned that those, those things are a little later on in life where we knew them a little earlier could, could put somebody in a very different position. Right. Yeah. I mean, we've got a lot of catching up to do as Latinos, as minorities here in the United States. Um, I'd say we are behind the eight ball here. And so what we need to do is we need to start educating our people on just ways of investing, you know, whether that be real estate, that being, you know, stock, bonds, whatever it may be. But the biggest investment that anyone can make is on themselves. For sure. 100%. And uh, that's what we got to do as, as Latinos. And we just got to uplift one another and cheer each other on, you know, whether it's opening up a business, whether it's, you know, uh, going to school. Yeah. These are all investments that we have to do within our community to better ourselves and our, and our culture. Agreed, man. Agreed. So, um I know you said you started in education, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then what kind of made you make that switch from, yeah. from education to now going into uh, you know, financial advising? Yeah. So I was, I, was working in, uh, I was working for Robert Morris for a few years, started off as an admissions counselor and just seeing the struggles of like everyday Latinos not being able to qualify for the full amount of FAFSA or yeah. having to jump through hoops because they have an ITIN number or you know, whatever it may be. So seeing seeing people, seeing students that deserve the opportunity to go to school and not having a financial plan, 
really is what kind of motivate me to, you know, hey, where, where can I attack this from the root? Where can I start? You know, how can I lay a foundation for future generations so that, you know, it's not just, hey, I don't have enough school for college and I need a financial plan, but let me attack this from a holistic approach. Right. How do we create a budget? How do we save for college? How do we save for a home? How do we save uh, to pay bills? How do we save for retirement? So that's really kind of the the mindset that I had when I started working in higher ed. And um, it was something that I was always fascinated with. You know, I, you and I we yeah. used to talk about stocks back in the oh, day, yeah, and, you know, how to day trade and this yeah. and that. So I got I got started on stocks um, early on. And a lot of it had to do is, you know, when you work in higher education, you don't have a, a good salary. Okay. I started off at about... So you're finding ways to kind of yeah, supplement, supplement or make some side side income somehow. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I started off at like 38000 um when I started working in higher education and it just wasn't enough to pay the rent. It wasn't enough to, to eat, uh, you know, fill my fridge. I had the saddest fridge in, in, in my apartment, <laughs> man. I had a rotisserie chicken that I would get that I tried to make that last for the whole week the and whole I'd week. have a gallon of milk <laughs> and that was my fridge, man. That was it. But, um, yeah, I would try to supplement my income. So I got into stock trading and I started trading, you know, penny stocks. That's mm-hmm. what you see. And you, you, know, you, you see all these things of ways that you can create wealth with that. But I realized that really wasn't the key, man. I was just going more broke doing that stuff. <laughs> and so... Now, do you think it's just a lack of just education and in in just learning about stocks or... Yeah, 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 absolutely, man. I mean, I wish schools would, you know, I wish they would tell us a little bit more about stocks. I wish and they Finances would, in general. Yeah, yeah. man. I mean, yeah. it's... Like, okay, history is important, but, you know, what else is important is how to prepare yourself for the future. You know, you got to know how to balance a checkbook. You got to know for sure how to do these essential things. Nobody tells us that, you know, as soon as we graduate from college and you get your first job, hey, you hold on to your W-2s or hold on to your 1099s, right? right? Set up a Roth IRA. Set up a Roth IRA. So these are all things that I feel that, um, you know, us as Latinos, this is our first time, especially first generation Latinos. This is our first time encountering stuff like this. And um, that's where people like you and I have to come in and try to uplift our people. For sure, man. And and that definitely resonates, especially like with me, for example, you know, um, my my parents immigrated from yeah. uh, South America. So, you know, my my myself and my siblings got, got the opportunity to go to college and, and, you know, educate ourselves more. And the more we learn, then the better in turn we can then teach our children. Right. Because, you know, same thing. I, I want the best for, for them. And so. If we can give them that head start that we didn't have when we were little, mm-hmm. it just it will will help us catch up to the rest of the, the rest of society, right? Yeah, amen, brother. That's exactly it, man. We gotta, you know, that's 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 key because you know my parents, I migrated from Mexico as well, and you know for them to be here and for me to to do something, I think school was always something that they were pushing me to do. Now school's not for everyone. Yeah. Um, and so sometimes we have to realize what our potential is and we just got to fulfill that potential, whether sure. that's, hey, if I'm going to, you know, lay down some brick, I'm going to be the best brick layer yeah. ever. Or if I'm going to do some tile, I'm going to be the, the best tile setter ever. But the biggest thing that you got to do is really believe in yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. 100 yeah. percent. No one's going to push you as much as you can push yourself. That's you right. Know? Yeah, I, I definitely believe that, man. Yeah. And so. You got into what this was with the beginning of 2019, right? You got into, into yeah, 
Uh, you've always been with uh, Edward Jones? So yeah, financial advising, I've always been with Edward Jones. Um, but I learned a little bit from my experience in higher education because I worked in the financial aid department. So I was okay. starting to see what EFC meant. I was starting to see um, different options that people had that can, can have positive impacts towards right. getting financial aid. And so it was weird how I transitioned over from being in higher education to working for Edward Jones as a financial advisor. Um, it was a time frame where the school was going through kind of a tough phase. Enrollment was down. Most mm-hmm. students were going to, out of state. And so there was a little bird that was whispering in my ear that said, hey, there could be a possibility that we're going to shut down the school. Oh, yeah. And so with me thinking, man, I just bought a house. Right. I just moved in with my fiance. I got all these, you know, bought a car because I bought a hybrid to drive from here from Chicago to Waukegan every day. Okay. And so I took a leap of faith, man. Um, And so sure enough, about two months later after transitioning over to Edward Jones, uh, Robert Morris University ends up merging with Roosevelt. With Roosevelt, yeah, yeah, okay. And they lay everybody off. Ooh. So they, anybody yeah. that was at Robert Morris essentially got laid off. Gone, yeah. Like that, gone, yeah. So you, you, you just missed that. I missed that, man. Thankfully, yeah. dude, I've never been laid off for any job, and that would have been the first time that I would have encountered something rough, like that. Man. That's very rough. Wow, so the timing was actually perfect for you, right? Yeah, I don't know. You know, it was it was perfect timing. Some some will say it was destiny, so, you know, but I really think that um, something inside of me really wanted to pursue my my true passion, which is finance. That's awesome, man. And, and the education piece that you bring to it is also uh, such an important factor, like we keep mentioning to, to the Latino community. Now, um, obviously, now you're starting from scratch, right? Now, this is you're, you're now your own financial advisor, do they give you like a book of business to kind of get started? Or is it just like, hey, you're kind of on your own, build your business, bring your own clientele and, and kind of go from there? Or how does that work? Yeah. I mean, when we when we look at movies like Wolf on Wall Street and we look at all these movies about stockbrokers and, and finance guys, man, we think that's a glorious lifestyle. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like, man, they're making all this, all this all this money. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the reality of it is the complete opposite, man. When you start working off, working as a financial advisor, you know, you, you you don't, at least for us, you don't get a book of business. So you're starting from scratch. Most times they don't even give you a salary. So you've got to, you know. So straight commission straight based. commission wow. based, yeah. yeah. So whatever assets you bring in, however many clients you bring in. And so, yeah, for when I started, I had told my fiance, Yassil, I'm like, man, be ready for it. Because I know that I'm going to be great in this career, but we're going to start off. From, from zero. From zero, yeah. So we've got to figure out the finance situation early on because there's still a lot of those bills. They're not going to stop coming. Right. That's true, man. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So it's very similar to kind of like the real estate business, right? Where we yep. kind of start from scratch, from nothing. And uh, it's the same thing. We're commission-based, right? So if we go a month, two months, three months without closing any deals or meeting with any clients, like we're not making any money. Nobody's paying us, right? Yeah. Yeah, man. Um, and so a lot of people don't talk about that how tough it is to you have to physically like change your mentality when it comes to going from an employee to an, to an owner, to a business owner, you know? Um, yep. So what, what were some of your, maybe your early on struggles that you've encountered obviously, cause you, you went into it probably right as the pandemic was starting to yeah, take yeah. off. Right. So I, I officially got licensed uh, towards the end of 2019 
My first week as a financial advisor was February 1st as a licensed financial advisor. The following week, COVID happened. Oh, man. You were, yeah, you know, it, it was, it was interesting because it was, it was a time frame where here I am. I left, you know, a, a good job, not knowing what was going to happen at that time. Right. Thinking, man, I'm, you know, I could have stayed there. Could have had job security. Yeah. But yeah. you're right, man. I mean, anyone that takes the leap of faith to invest in themselves, whether that's opening up a, a real estate business, opening up an insurance business, whatever it may be. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know where that next paycheck's coming from. Yeah. There's, there's so much uncertainty uncertainty, and I think that's what scares a lot of people from taking that that risk right is that that fear of not knowing where your next where your income's going to come from or, or what you can expect right yeah man it's it's a very scary feeling so I remember thinking to myself there was countless nights man where I wasn't sleeping um my ADHD was kicking even harder because I'm like man I need to do something I need to do something. and uh, I, I'm one of those people that lives off chaos like I need. <laughs> I need multiple things happening at once and I need to feel the pressure of not knowing where my next check is going to come in order for me to perform. I don't know if that's how you work, but yeah, yeah. Sometimes I feel like I need that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that like little procrastination waiting to kind of the last minute to get it done. (laughs) Yeah, dude. That was always college, man. (laughs) Yeah. I was always that guy a few hours before the exam. Okay. Let me open the book now. Um, But you know, I've always had good success on it. I just feel that, me as an individual, knowing who I am, I know that I, I strive best when I have deadlines that are yeah. within a short period of time. Okay. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So now, obviously, now you've been doing this for two years. Uh, what's been some of like your, uh, maybe like your proudest moments as a financial advisor, maybe with like a, a specific client or any, anything that you can share? Obviously not personal, yeah. but anything that you can share that you've seen that you've brought uh, has, has actually made an impact on somebody. Yeah, no, absolutely, man. I, um, you know, I see a lot of the clients that I started with when COVID first got started and yeah. where they were at to where they're at now. I'm just amazed by how big of a transformation we've done. You know, the one thing that we do as, as, um, you know, I guess workers and not really knowing the financial industry when we're workers, when we sign up for 401ks and things like that, we kind of just let, or whoever our HR person is handle, kind of handle that. that. Yeah, that's and, true. And, and what we need to do as Latinos is we really need to dive deeper into that. You know, hey, what's it being invested in? Is this company profitable? Whatever it may be, you know, find out and figure out whether or not this is a good vehicle to have your investment in for the long term. Right. And so, yeah, it was, um, I think the proudest moments that I've had have always been just the, the smiles on my clients. Or the satisfaction, the gratitude that they have yeah. working for me, or working with me, I should yeah. say. Um, and that's really what drives me every day. Besides family, that's my main drive. My main motivation is just making sure that their future is financially good because of the things that I'm doing to make sure the that decisions I that they're making today. Yep. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people, when it comes to building wealth and that financial investment part, is um, it's hard for people to visualize like the long term. Uh, success that will come from your decisions that you make today right yeah yeah um so i guess a lot of your a lot of what you do too is educating them on on what that looks like right yeah yeah everyone's got different goals as far as what they want to do whether it's hey i want to save for a house or hey i want to save for retirement but you know us as financial advisors we're we're really kind of the the pilot and you know we're telling us hey i want to get from here to there 
and we're trying to figure out what's going to be the fastest route, the, right. you know, using our GPS that we have. Yeah. And okay. what's going to be the safest route for those that are not as risk averse as some others, you know, other people that are investing. But yeah, that's, uh, yeah, man, that's, it was interesting starting during the pandemic. I can imagine, man, just because so many changes have happened because of that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Um, so let me ask you this, man, like what's been, um, what would you say is like uh, something that you can share? Like if somebody wanted to get into becoming a financial advisor or just somebody wanted to be a business owner uh, and, and kind of take that leap of faith from maybe transitioning from a, uh, an employee or working somewhere to now working for themselves. What, what do you think has been the biggest thing that's helped you uh, be as, as, as successful as you are now? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that you, you need to do to have that mindset is, is believe in yourself. Um, I think that sometimes society fills our minds with these images of what successful looks like. Yeah. And sometimes we really don't understand, you know, some people don't see the hard work that goes on behind the scenes to, to get to that point. You know, the struggles of not having a steady paycheck in the beginning because you're barely building your book of business. You know, having to decide whether you want to do a 99 cent whopper when they used to cost like that before inflation right. <laughs> um, or, you know, having something healthy. So, you know, these are all decisions that are, are hard um, to, to, to think of when you're, when you're starting in the business. But I would say my biggest advice that I have for anyone is really just believe in, believe in yourself and uh, don't doubt it and just do it, yeah. man. Uh, you know, the, the quickest way to get started is just to put left one foot in front of the other and just start doing it. Just getting started, man. Yeah, not 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 having that fear or that doubt yeah. creep in, for sure. So, what would you say would be a good piece of advice that you can give somebody if they want to start investing in their future? Yeah, I, I would say um, learn about your making mistakes. You know, I think the 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 toughest thing that we can do, and you probably did this as well, because I beat beat the living daylights of myself every day. <laughs> um, I was making mistakes, and I yeah. was very hard on myself. And I think that we have to understand from the mistakes. And so it's good to make these mistakes early on and okay. just learn from them and pick yourself up and just keep going have that resilience to continue to drive every day for that success. It doesn't get easier. It, there's always going to be challenges, but you know, as sure. a business owner and an entrepreneur, you have to learn from your mistakes and uh, take notes on them and, and just do better next time and, and learn from it. Yeah, man, it's, it's crazy because, you know, especially as a business owner, as an entrepreneur, every day is so different, right? There's yeah. so many different things that you overcome or ha or challenges that you face on a daily basis that, you know, a, a lot of times, a lot of business, especially business owners that just start off, you know, it, it does take a, a minute for your business to actually pick up and, and yeah. actually build momentum, right? Yeah. So in the beginning, a lot of times, a lot of business owners wear many hats and they're juggling so many different parts of the business to try to have it become a successful business. So yeah, um, I think, yeah, making mistakes is such a huge, huge part of that. Yeah. It's, it's a huge part of the process. And one thing that, you know, I really like, I smiled when you said this and that celebrate the successes, man. Yeah. Um, I think that sometimes we're so focused on the long-term objective of having a successful business that right. we don't take the time to really appreciate the little things that we're doing with our clients, whether it's, Hey, you know, I got a referral here or Hey, yeah. we were able to have a successful inspection or we were able right. to have a successful closing. Just that's what really matters is learn from your mistakes, 
set goals for yourself and celebrate those goals yeah. as your journey continues to unravel and you you continue to get to where you want to be at in life. That's awesome, man. That's it. That, that, yeah, you hit the nail on the head right there, brother. Well, thank you so much again for uh, for taking the time to, to sit with us here today. Um, I hope all of our listeners learned something new here. Um, what's the best way for them to, to get in touch with you, man? Yeah, so the best way would be um, you can reach me on Facebook. Uh, look me up, Manny Macias. I also have an Edward Jones website, so you can reach me at Manny Macias at edwardjones.com. And you can also add me on LinkedIn, Manny Macias. Um, I give my number out, but I, you know, I, I don't want the pizza guys calling me. Right. <laughs> no, it's all good. They're like, hey, how come he hasn't ordered pizza in a while? He's on keto. There you go, man. Well, thanks again, man. I really appreciate you making the time, brother. And uh, thank you guys. See you next time. Absolutely, brother. See you guys.